Welcome to the Feeling Loudly podcast, a show about human emotion and the ways we navigate this world of trials and triggers and treasures with the help of astrology and tarot. Hi everyone, happy full moon in Aquarius. Wow, it's been a while. This is Jana, I'm your host, and to formally introduce myself for those of you who don't know me already, I am an astrologer, a tarot reader, an Akashic Records reader, and also a writer and a lot of other things. And I used to go by the name Umbra Readings, and this podcast was formerly called Umbra Readings, but over the past year of silence on here, I've gone through a major... I guess you could call it a rebrand, <laughs> both of this this project and um, this business, but also in my own life. My last episode was on the full moon in Leo back in 2022, and I had to take an extended break from podcasting and doing a lot of other things because I was going through such a huge personal transformation over the last year, and I've sort of come out the other side of that and been plopped into a new reality after moves and all sorts of things. And I'm back with new knowledge and a new love and joy for life and a new appreciation for my little sentient self and the way that emotions can act as guideposts that lead us down that trail to truth and freedom. And so I say freedom because when we feel, we are free. When we feel, we free ourselves from the energy of the old and we embrace the newness. We embrace our current reality. And through that change, we connect to life itself. We connect to change, which is life. Life is change and change is feeling and feeling is life. And when we feel loudly, it means that we allow ourselves to be, we allow ourselves to live. And so in this new revitalized show, formerly called Umber Readings, now called Feeling Loudly, we'll be exploring what it means to live and what it means to feel. So welcome to our first episode of season whatever. I don't really care about seasons. (laughs) Um, I just want to preface all of this by saying that this is an intuitive podcast first and foremost, and that means that I do very little planning besides connecting with the planets. I don't sit down and script this because I don't enjoy that. I don't sit down and map out all the topics I'm going to cover, but I do sit down and I look at the sky and I look at the cards that I pull and I allow that to help me root in the current energy, the energy of this moment. And my hope is that each episode of this podcast will contain enduring messages that are relevant whenever you happen to sit down and listen to it. But we will be rooting first and foremost in the astrology of the moment to help us dig in and hook into whatever it is that we're meant to hear right now. So welcome, 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 and thank you for being here. Today, we're going to be focusing on the full moon in Aquarius, which 
was, I'm recording this about uh, 20 minutes after the full moon was exact on August 1st, Tuesday at 11.31 a.m. Pacific time. This full moon in Aquarius is at nine degrees of Aquarius and our sun is just opposite at nine degrees of Leo. And so when we have full moons, there's a culmination. There's an energetic high that's occurring where a cycle is both closing and we're preparing for a new one. And today's full moon in Aquarius feels particularly significant because both the sun and moon are squared by Jupiter in Taurus, which is at 13 degrees, close to 14, getting close of Taurus, another fixed sign, fixed Earth. And so we're dealing with a T-square between the sun, the moon, and Jupiter, all in fixed signs. Leo is fixed fire, Aquarius is fixed air, and Taurus is fixed earth. And so there's this energy of tension and pressure, but also an energy of excitement. It feels like a buildup that's been happening since mid-May when Jupiter first entered Taurus is kind of coming to a moment of clarity or a moment of enhancement, kind of like Jupiter is putting an exclamation mark on what's happening within us and around us right now. And you might particularly notice this in the areas of your chart where Taurus, Leo, and Aquarius live. And so as a reminder, Jupiter entered Taurus on May 16th. And it's been traveling through the degrees of Taurus and has now reached 1345 Taurus. So we have quite a ways to go. Jupiter is not a slow moving planet per se, but it takes its time moving through the signs and it takes about 12 years for Jupiter to move all the way around the zodiac. And so with Jupiter and Taurus in this moment, we're seeing this kind of expansion and potentially hope or growth when it comes to a material area of our own lives and of our lives collectively. And I talk about, and a lot of astrologers talk about the fact that Jupiter in itself and growth in itself is not necessarily a positive thing. We kind of see a positive spin on the idea of growth and we talk about personal growth and we talk about growth, 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 forward movement as this kind of like cardinal, um, forward moving, initiatory, fiery society that prioritizes moving, moving, and moving. But it's important to acknowledge that Jupiter can bring growth to things that we might not necessarily want to grow either. And so on this full moon, it might be worthwhile to take a second to check in with the Taurus area of your chart and see what is growing in a way that feels aligned with your values, Taurus, and what might be growing in a way that feels out of step with your values. Jupiter can act as a visionary within us and it can help us to align with a higher meaning. It can help us to align with something bigger than ourselves. And that can be really, 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 really important, especially when we're going through difficult times to recognize that there's something bigger and 
broader and wider than our little human selves. And that's also a perspective that Aquarius is quite natural at taking. Aquarius is connected to the collective, can be associated with humanity and systems, as opposed to Leo, which is more connected to the individual, to our individual spark and fire. Aquarius is more about society as a whole or the systems that we find ourselves in. And so these themes of individual, of collective, and then also of the material realm are kind of coming into focus on this full moon. And it could be shedding light on something that we've been working on or chewing on since mid-May when Jupiter entered Taurus. And I mentioned in my little short social clips on Instagram and TikTok that I see this full moon as kind of an inflection point for that stuff, that stuff that was maybe initiated or that started kind of expanding perhaps back in May. So that would be something worth your time to kind of sit with and reflect on how things have changed in your life. And again, what's sort of grown in a way that feels fulfilling and aligned versus maybe not so much. I want to speak to the rulers of this lunar cycle and some of the other planetary action that's happening in the background. And then we're going to move into our reading for this full moon. And so what I will be doing for this reading is focusing on one card that I've pulled from the Reclaim Oracle deck by Little Darkness, which is like a single word oracle card that gives us some information about the energy that we're swimming in. And then we will look at the anchor card for this full moon, a challenge we might be facing, and a gift that's available to us. But first, let's speak to some of the other energies in the cosmos right now. So Aquarius, where our full moon is sitting, again at 9 degrees, Aquarius is traditionally ruled by Saturn, but the modern ruler of Aquarius is Uranus. So Saturn is kind of like the disciplinarian, the planner, often the taskmaster or the sort of adult in our chart that helps us to mature, that helps us to wisen. And Uranus is kind of like the revolutionary who wants to change things, who needs to change things and needs to see some type of inner or outer revolution or often both in order to kind of be fulfilling its ultimate goal. Saturn needs security. Saturn needs stability. Saturn needs a plan in place. And Saturn is currently in Pisces and it's sitting opposite Mercury and Virgo. And so we're calling into focus the part of ourselves that wants security and the part of ourselves that needs to analyze and communicate. And so there can be this energy of hyper seriousness that comes with Saturn opposite Mercury. It can take on like serious or maybe kind of, um, I won't say like harsh per se, although it can show up as harsh, but more so like a scrutinizing and maybe kind of over, overly attached to security. And so there's a part of our minds maybe that's trying to latch on to truth and that's trying to latch on to answers. 
And there's also this other part of us that simultaneously is trying to change our reality in a big way because Uranus is in Taurus and Uranus is currently squaring Venus in Leo, which is retrograde. And so Venus connected to our values, connected to our relationships, connected to pleasure and love and connection, but also Venus being a goddess of war in addition to love brings in this sort of fiery energy especially in leo and especially retrograde where we're seeing a lot of the shadows and maybe the underbelly of our relationships and maybe the underbelly and the shadows of the way that we've oriented toward relationships and love and our bodies and our pleasure and all of these things and with the square to uranus and taurus that body piece of that is really emphasized there is this shift this change that might be happening with the way that we relate to all of those things and so while saturn is opposite mercury is sort of seeking clarity Uranus squaring Venus is seeking change. And so we may notice that throughout this full moon, particularly this week, but this is a trickle effect that can last for even six months as we look ahead um, to the new moon in Aquarius. So when we look at these energies, though, for this particular lunar cycle this week, next week, and then more sort of softly and subtly over the next six months. We might be noticing the ways that we are falling out of step with our relationships or our relationships are falling out of step with us. We might be noticing the ways that our individuality is seeking to shine, but that we're needing to also find a way to work cohesively with other people and work within systems that are attempting to create material change. And so there's a sense of kind of boundaries and maybe blockages that are showing up in all types of relationships right now. And it's really shining the light on the ways that we might differ in small ways and in big ways from the people that we surround ourselves with. And I again mentioned this in my little short spiel on Instagram and TikTok that differences don't prohibit connection and intimacy. Differences can enhance connection and intimacy. But if we're not rooted in the same values, we will often encounter blockages in our relationships that prevent us from achieving the type of closeness and intimacy that we would like and from achieving the type of trust that we would like. Because often the way that we trust or the degree of trust that we can have in someone else has a lot to do with how much we have in common in terms of our value system. Because if we see the the world and if we kind of have life philosophies that are so radically different that it puts our basic needs in conflict and our basic vision for the world in conflict, then that can be really hard. It can be... It can challenge us for sure it can help us to grow and it can at times stop us from growing in the same direction and so this might be something that's coming into focus for you throughout this full moon cycle is what direction are you growing in and what direction is your community growing in and can those two enhance each other 
Or have they become so different and so sort of departed from one another that they might not be able to walk in sync anymore? Maybe they have to do a dance on other sides of the room and sort of see each other and reflect each other's light, but to do so in a way that's more separate than it is connected. And so that brings me into some of the outer planet stuff that's also happening, which is (laughs) a lot. So we also have Pluto currently in the final degrees of Capricorn at almost 29 degrees of Capricorn, currently retrograde. And Pluto is making its sort of little tour in these final degrees of Cap as it prepares to re-enter Aquarius, which is going to happen in January. And so Pluto has been in Capricorn since 2008, and it's done a lot of work on the way that we orient towards security, especially looking at our economies, especially looking at capitalist systems and the ways that it's revealed the shadows that exist within these systems, kind of ripping out some of the roots and causing us to examine the way that our society uh, is built on white supremacy and built on brutalization and the theft and the murder of indigenous people and the theft and the murder of black people. And so Capricorn being this sign that's also associated with Saturn that often wants security, that wants some type of structure in order to feel safe. With Pluto transiting Capricorn, we've seen the way that that can become diabolical and the way that our clinging for power and sort of systemic order can create a lot of harm. And as Pluto makes its its little like tour in these last signs or these last degrees of Capricorn, it's shining the light back on that stuff that has yet to be confronted and chewed on and dealt with. And we're noticing that at a global scale. We're noticing that with the way that the earth is currently reacting to our exploitation the way that animals and sea creatures, but not only sea creatures, are shifting their behavior really significantly. And we're seeing that happening in concert with Saturn's tour through Pisces, Pisces being a water sign. And Pisces is connected to universal compassion and shining the light on what needs to be healed before we can close out, before we can finish off being the last sign of the zodiac. There's a need to return to the emotional body and return to our connection to spirit. And so we're hearing and seeing a lot of focus on how we can be in right relationship with the earth. And that's also in the spotlight because of Uranus in Taurus, changing, revolutionizing our connection to the material. And so I share all of that because it's really the the more collective context for what we're experiencing personally. And on a full moon in Aquarius, we want to pay attention to the collective context and not allow ourselves to get too wrapped up in our subjective experience of it. It's about returning to universality and recognizing our peace in the greater whole. And so while it is Leo season and there is a lot of emphasis on our individual power and how we share our magic and how we share our voice and our light, 
this full moon in Aquarius is also grounding us in the reality of the world and helping us to understand what our individual piece in that puzzle is. And so that's very much what that relationship between Leo and Aquarius is like. It's like, as an individual, how do I contribute to the whole? How do I shine in a way that magnifies the light of the world? And so one thing to think about on a full moon in Aquarius is also that exact question. How am I contributing to the whole? What is my unique and beautiful role or note in the symphony of life? How do I contribute? And what do I need to learn and see and absorb from the collective around me? How can I tune in to universal energy while also tuning into myself? And so I also want to bring up (laughs) contextually that Pluto in those last degrees of cap is currently square the North Node and the South Node, which just recently entered Aries and Libra. And so the North Node is sitting at 28, almost 29 degrees of Aries and the South Node at 28, almost 29 degrees of Libra. So the North Node and the South Node, um, they're not technically points in space, um, but we do track their so-called movements. And so we can see that they are currently moving in the opposite direction and so they'll move backwards through the degrees of the zodiac starting at 30 degrees of a sign and moving to zero degrees of a sign the opposite way that the planets move and so our north node and south node are drawing attention to karmic patterns. They're drawing attention to lessons and the type of growth that we need to be going through personally and collectively. The north node draws our attention and our focus to what we're hungering for, while the south node is more about what we're full of and we need to integrate, maybe digest and release at some point. And that's an oversimplification of what they are but for the purposes of today we're not going to go super deep on that because we don't have the time for it but with the north node in aries we are focused on the individual we are focused on the self but i want to drill into that and say that aries is not just about the self because aries is an archetype that exists in our world collectively And so when we speak about Aries, we might actually want to speak about the initiation of creativity or spirituality as it's a fire sign and it's the first sign of the zodiac. And being the first sign of the zodiac, it roots us down into that first spark of life. And that first spark of life is incredibly spiritual. It's when a soul is as close to spirit maybe as it will ever be until it transitions onward back into like being enveloped by the universe. And so just as Pisces is a deeply spiritual sign, so is Aries just in a different way and that it's initiating new life. And so with the North Node in Aries, we might be asking ourselves, how are we initiating new life? Or maybe what life in general are we helping to initiate collectively and then with the south node in libra we might be asking ourselves what needs to change in our relationships our relationships to other humans to other creatures on this planet to the earth itself to life itself 
what needs to shift, what needs to evolve, what needs to be released, maybe digested so that we can move into a new phase and clear out space for what's about to be born. And so with Pluto squaring the North Node and the South Node, a lot of what's coming into focus is what are we initiating? These are all cardinal signs which are initiatory in nature. And so Pluto is showing us the underbelly so that we can also deal with the shadow material before we bring new life in, before we call something new in. We have to also, we don't have to, but it's wise for us to spend time examining the shadow material of what was. And so to ground this in like a practical example and more of a personal example, what that might look like is maybe you ended a relationship or maybe you left a job Or maybe there is something from your past that you didn't quite spend enough time sitting with the truth of, and you may need to do a little bit of reflection, especially throughout Venus retrograde, on what it was within you that caused things to unfold as they did. And not in a punitive way, and not in a, like, harmful or, like, self- flagellating way but more in an honest compassionate and grounded way what was what was your role because when we examine our role in something we can also identify and locate our own power when we consider ourselves just like handed our cards and sort of on the receiving end of life that can be disempowering and so identifying how our power shifted a dynamic can actually be a really beautiful way to help us evolve through that Libra South node to maybe do some shadow work related to our Capricorn stuff, maybe our own desire for control and our own desire for power, and to allow that to clear some space so that we can spark new life. Maybe that means entering a new relationship at some point or starting a new job or moving into a new home or whatever, starting a new creative practice or something so much smaller and simpler and mundane than all of that. It doesn't have to be huge. But during this time, we really are being invited into that reflection so that we can create from a more authentic place in the future. So that is the last I want to speak to in terms of the astrology of it all. Let's turn over to the cards for this lunar cycle. So as I mentioned earlier, I'm working with the Reclaim Oracle by Little Darkness, and I'm also working with the Lilifer Tarot also by Little Darkness. And so these are beautiful. I love using them together since it's from the same artist who's incredible. And today, what I'm again going to walk you through is sort of the overall energy coming through from Reclaim and then three tarot cards, the anchor, the challenge, and the gift. So starting with Reclaim, today's word is limitation, And on this card, we see two figures, one is both of them standing up, one kind of like leaning forward toward the other and the other one leaning back a little bit with their hands straight out on the other person's chest, creating a boundary, creating a division between the two of them, pushing them away. 
And so this relates back to what I talked about, where we might be noticing this type of barrier between us and other people. And if not other people, it could be a barrier between us and an old idea, a barrier between us and an institution, a barrier between us and a belief system. In any case, it's it's us putting our hand out and pushing something away from us because we're creating personal space. And so that's very much associated with the Aquarius and Leo stuff that I talked about, but it could also be associated with the North Node and Aries and the South Node and Libra because there's this focus on what do I need and how might you be infringing on those needs and not in an angry way necessarily. I want to be clear about this. It's more of like a defining ourselves, defining our personal space, carving out what we need to feel like we can be authentically ourselves in relationships. And often that requires us to take space from other people so that we can understand that and then come back to relationships where we can then apply what we've learned and adjust as we need to in order to stay in relationship with people if that's what we want. And so I'm using the word people a lot because, you know, we're, we're people <laughs> and our relationships with other people tend to kind of run our lives in many ways. But again, this doesn't have to be human to human relationships. This can be any kind of relationship and we're in relationship with everything in the world. And so our anchor card, which this is bringing me into, is strength associated with Leo and with in turn, the sun, which rules Leo, and our sun is currently in Leo. And so seeing strength here tells me that in the midst of whatever shifts are occurring in our relationships, whatever changes and small or large revolutions are occurring in our lives, we're needing to come back to a place of strength, compassion, power, and courage. Those could all be keywords associated with Leo, a sign that is warm, that is generous, that can bring in levity and humor in order to move through some of life's challenges, and a sign that associated with the sun can bring a lot of spirit, a lot of light. And so identifying how your spirit wants to express itself and giving yourself a stage to do that on, whether it's literally like performing or creating or doing something that helps you to feel buoyant and self-actualized or more so giving yourself private spaces to express yourself authentically like in your journal in your voice notes and the key here is just coming into warmth and generosity and compassion with yourself which then enables you to embody those same qualities in your relationships and in your more outward life. So throughout the rest of Leo season, I would really encourage you to focus on your self-expression and to allow that to be something that helps you to heal and move through, um, maybe not heal quite yet, but to at least move through some of the challenges that might come up relationally, especially during Venus retrograde. Because again, many of us are seeing the divisions and the ways that we don't align with people, 
projects, jobs, communities, relationships that used to make a lot of sense to us. And it may be something that we were kind of aware of that we maybe were just not ready to look at with more honest eyes, but that we're kind of seeing, okay, I realize this is out of step. And so I don't necessarily have to take action on that. I don't have to drop an axe on this, but I can just recognize, hmm, like maybe that feels uncomfortable. Maybe that does not feel like a relationship, a place, whatever, that allows me to express myself more authentically. And then (laughs) that brings me to the challenge, which is the hierophant in reverse, And so the Hierophant is connected to Taurus. And so Taurus is ruled by Venus. And again, Venus is currently retrograde in Leo. Strength. And Uranus is currently in Taurus, transiting Taurus. And so we have this energy of change and revolution that wants to happen related to structures, as we mentioned, and also related to our beliefs. The Hierophant can be connected to spirituality, like a spiritual teacher or mentor, and it's often connected to some type of traditionalism. And so seeing the Hierophant in reverse actually is like, to me, the perfect depiction of Uranus and Taurus, which is wanting to upend maybe some type of material traditional structure that we've been participating in. And so for a lot of us, that might be like, divesting in our own little ways from capitalism that might mean bringing more creative and revolutionary tactics to the way that we resist and the way that we organize and that might mean changing our relationship to our own material world to our possessions to our money our finances to our own bodies because our body is sort of our ultimate and only real true possession in this lifetime it's the only thing that really stays with us from start to finish and so the hierophant in reverse tells me that there's a challenge here a challenge for us to be honest with ourselves about the way that we relate to the material world and to spend time connecting with our bodies and maybe connecting to the wisdom of our bodies because our bodies themselves can be mentors and teachers for us if we listen closely. And so while we may need to kind of uh, separate ourselves and create that limitation, that boundary between old ideas and old belief systems and old um, even values maybe that don't feel true to us, There's also this need for us to tend to ourselves through that process because when we experience radical shifts, especially Uranian shifts, it can be so destabilizing that it can create a lot of anxiety and Uranus itself can be connected to anxiety. And so we want to come back to the body. If if our body is feeling anxious, what can we do to help soothe? How can we tend to our nervous systems? How can we hold ourselves through change and soothe ourselves through change? How can we be present for any fears that are coming up? And how can we allow our bodies to express their feelings and their fears without suppressing, denying, or shaming ourselves for what we're experiencing? So coming back to the body throughout this transit, 
especially since we're dealing with fixed air and fixed fire. And then again, I kind of glazed over the fact that Jupiter also in Taurus, also connected to philosophy and belief <laughs> and with Uranus in there is, is shaking this up. And Jupiter forming that T-square to the sun and moon is bringing in philosophy that might relate to our material realm, our philosophies about the natural world. Like, are we animists? Do we believe in sort of the soul in all things and the life in all things? What is our relationship to our food and to the way that our food is produced? And what is our relationship, again, to the earth itself, to the natural world around us? When we look at a tree, can we feel the soul in that tree? Or do we see it as this sort of like inanimate thing that just exists in our sphere? Can we tune into that network of beings and recognize that we're a part of it? Or do we feel separate? Because that separateness and that limitation that I mentioned while it can be helpful for creating boundaries, it can also divide us unnecessarily. And that's a really important sort of side of this piece of limitation. It's that sure, it can be helpful and valuable to take space, but ultimately we want to come back to remembering that we're a part of everything, which is a very Aquarian outlook. While Aquarius people and Aquarius's and energy is sort of associated with more um, individual expression in some way, very like that's kind of a Leo and Aquarius thing is like, where do I locate myself in all of this? But Aquarius is very oriented toward the system that the individual exists in. And so that can be nature itself. That can be the universe itself. That can be considering ourselves stardust and coming back to that association with stardust. <laughs> like how are we from the stars and of the stars? And how do the stars live within us and operate within us as they operate above us or without us? And so coming toward that and chewing on that and sitting with that and allowing that connection to everything to provide more ease and to provide a connection that helps us to be both tuned in and tapped in, but also boundaried because we need boundaries, especially in this time where there's so much wild energy floating around the world and floating around the news and the online spaces that we're a part of, and it can all be so overwhelming. We need to have practices that ground us, Taurus, especially in the body and especially in nature, and we need to develop philosophies and um, ways of, of operating with with faith, Jupiter, and ways of plugging into the collective Aquarius while also honoring ourselves, Leo. So that brings me to our final gift, our final card, which is the gift of this lunar cycle for us, and that is the Emperor connected to Aries. And so we touched on the North Node in Aries and how our move toward new life into initiation is in all likelihood going to be preceded by some type of letting go or some type of digestion and closure of what was. With the emperor, we're seeing someone who is in their power in a very big way. And we currently have Chiron also in Aries. 
And so Chiron is almost at 20 degrees um, of Aries, but currently retrograde, so moving backward. Um, but currently at 1955 of Aries. And the North Node, again, is almost at the end of Aries at 2856. And so with Chiron, there's some type of wound connected to our spark, connected to often a very, 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 very young version of ourselves that maybe was denied their self-expression or denied their individuality or denied the sort of honoring of themselves, the honoring of their energy, their life force, their creativity. With the nodes now moving through Aries and Libra, we're doing some deep soul processing around this material. And the North Node will eventually cross paths with Chiron and will eventually bring some type of deep soul focus to that wound so that we can do the reparative work that we need to do so that we can find ways to affirm ourselves and to move forward. And as we build up to that, we are laying the sort of foundation for that healing by focusing on self-expression and by focusing on self-expression and creativity as a healing balm. Because when we think about some of the darkest periods throughout history and throughout life, art is really what gets us through. It's art, it's music, it's writing, it's, it's all these forms of beautiful expression and film and, and the voices of people who through hell can speak out and create something beautiful, can create life through destruction. And so come back to that especially over the next 18 months, come back to creativity as a medicine and as a balm for yourself and for ourselves. So that is our gift, is that through this lunar cycle, we might be turning to creative practices or turning to our own selfhood, our own spark in order to guide us forward and in order to create hope and to create meaning and magic, even through moments that might be challenging. So that is all I have for you. Thank you so much for being here for this revival of the podcast. Uh, it's been really, really great to take a long break, but I'm also really, really excited to be back behind the microphone. And after having gone through many intense uh, changes and revolutions in my own life over the last year and things have changed in really remarkable ways. And I share that mostly because I want to give people kind of an understanding of just how powerful, especially the nodal shifts can be for us. I'm a heavy fixed person and the North Node in Taurus and South Node in Scorpio really transformed my life in ways that I never could have expected. And while it was painful and difficult and destabilizing, it's also landed me in a place that is so much more authentic and true and meaningful and powerful. And I, I personally have changed so much over these past couple years. And so if you are someone who's going to be significantly impacted by the North Node in Aries and South Node in Libra, I want you to hold on to that and to know that 
this is just a new chapter of unfolding for you that puts you in contact with your truth in some way. So if you have listened this far and you enjoyed this, please do consider rating me five stars and leaving a comment or a view. Um, I will be back. Again, I'm not totally sure about the frequency, probably monthly to start and then maybe more often if it feels right. Um, But again, this is an intuitive podcast. And so I have to honor the part of me that does not want structure at all and wants to like break the chains of structure. And then also the part of me that does need some degree of consistency. And so we'll kind of find the middle ground there and see how it goes. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Please share this podcast around. Please follow me on social at Feeling Loudly. And if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, I offer astrology readings, tarot readings, and Akashic Records readings in addition to monthly workshops, monthly Akashic Records group readings. And you can find all of that on my website at feelingloudly.com. Thank you so much. I hope you have a powerful and clarifying full moon in Aquarius. Lots of love to you. Mm